Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 86. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is H3000. The collaborative project from Luke Steele and Jared Rogers are releasing their debut record today. In today's episode, we're talking with Luke and Jared about the self-titled record, touring sustainably in 2021, and the music of Kanye West and Yeba. Here we go. Our guests today are maybe more well-known separately. One is the frontman for multiple Australian bands, such as The Sleepy Jackson and Empire of the Sun, And the other is an Australian songwriter and producer who has worked with the likes of Charlie XCX and Lana Del Rey. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Luke Steele and Jared Rogers from H3000. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Good. Thanks for having the H3000. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) Good morning. Of course, of course. Well, um, Luke, we were just very quickly discussing, I think it's evening for yourself. You're currently in California. I am. I'm in Southern California. I've been evacuated from my ranch in Northern California and I'm at this pretty cool property actually in San Luis Obispo by the beach. And Sounds lovely. Yeah. It's um <laughs> it's been interesting, you know. It's kind of pretty, you know, heavy up there in Northern California with the fires and it's all just, you know. Yeah, I know you guys down there went through that last year so you know what it's like but yeah yeah it is um well hopefully the ranch and and yourself and everyone are okay um jared whereabouts are you joining us from uh today i'm in melbourne oh beautiful 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 lockdown state of melbourne anyway we won't (laughs) talk about that i'll try and keep this as covid free conversation as i can today gentlemen i appreciate it (laughs) um congratulations as the the new record is out today uh for h3000 it's a very exciting time yeah yeah finally i only took about 25 years to come out (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that was where I was going to start us off today is that uh, a lot of projects kind of in the last 12 months have um, been due to people uh, being inside their houses or in their studios and and not having much time to do much else. How long have these songs and has the project been in the works? We finished it right before the pandemic, right? And then it was meant to drop and then it was, you know, 
2020 happened. So, you know, I think that was, it was put on hold for a year. So, yeah, it was pretty hard to navigate um, how the heck we were going to do it. But, um, yeah, we finished, we finished it in a very pandemic style just before the pandemic hit, which was pretty funny when you look back. <laughs> we did a lot of the recording via Zoom and, you know, in studios, didn't really catch up that much. And so we, we were literally um, ahead of our time now looking at it. <laughs> but we were living in the same city, so it was just the flow that we got in working that way. It wasn't that we were, in, we were living in different countries, but, yeah, ahead of our time. We were learning the tricks before we needed to put them into practice. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to LA, Simon, but... You know, sometimes if you want to get from one side of town to the other, it can take about three hours. So, it, um, I've been two or three times now, and it is, I've always find it, I always forget, I guess, how hugely expansive uh, the city is. And so yeah, it does big. take you. It's crazy. <laughs> um, it's kind of, well, it kind of sounds like you guys were ahead of the curve in terms of recording remotely and, and sending stuff back and forth even before the pandemic. Um, was that the way that the whole record was written or were there times where you guys were together? We did a few sessions um, together, but I think we um, connected pretty clearly that we know what each other has to do. And I think that was one of the great loves of the project. It was like Jared would send a dope track. I'd hear a lyric or a melody you know, I'd dive into the subject, send it back, and it was, you know, even before we had time to catch up, we'd have a track done, and that was what was such a great blessing about the project. I think when we caught up, it was less, it was less work and more hanging out, which was, it's kind of, you know, getting time to hang with each other because when you create, there's sometimes you get so busy, but a project like this, you want the friendship to be the number one thing. And we got time to, to hang and do that, you know, and work was like when we weren't together, which was nice. This is kind of a cool way of doing it. Yeah. It's often the other way around. You go and work together, you know, do whatever, and then you leave and you go and hang with someone else. It was, this was completely <laughs> backwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, met in California, I think. For um, was it for uh, the Dreams uh, project that you had with Daniel Johns, Luke? We met at Kermit the Frog's Kermit the Frog studio. <laughs> yeah, Kermit the Frog's house, Henson Studios, and um, very magical place. Very magical place. I was going to yeah, say, that, yeah, that place is just such a blessing. You know, like after working there for so many years and hearing all the stories, like. You know, George Harrison met his wife there to the room we were in. Um, Carol King did tapestry and the carpenters did their big stuff to the police. Um, you know, Tom Petty did a lot of stuff. Tom Petty had an architectural um, hand in the roof design. They were going to finish it and he, he said, no, you can't finish it because it sounds so good, you know, with that extra. Yeah. That <laughs> so, yeah, we met there and it was like, so cool you know jared did some amazing stuff on some tracks that we had and it was just like you know you build that connection and friendship and then off you go yeah it was it was i guess first connection via music but then 
then it was a friendship that can build. And then H3 Thayerson came from that being, you know, yeah. the friendship being there and being able to just share ideas and go, hey, what do you reckon of this? You know, and then him sending it was really very effortless and not designed. It just kind of happened. When, I'm, I'm curious because when you guys kind of uh, sit down as, as friends, as mates, and you're like, we've got a, obviously got a connection here, let's make some music, is it discussed... I guess any parameters or um, because the work that both of you have done respectively, like Jared, you've worked with um, Charlie XCX and and Lana Del Rey and Luke, obviously there's Empire of the Sun, there's Sleepy Jackson. Do you discuss what the sound of the project might be like or things that you can and can't do, or is it just kind of free for all and then work it out as you go along? Yeah, you can't discuss it. It's like that. How Brian Eno used to say, "Never analyze while you're creating," because it's just like, you know, being a surfer riding away and then trying to, you know, work out the physics while you're you're on the wave. It's just like impossible. And if you do it, it creates too much like thought into it. I think that was so cool. Is that? you know, the ideas and experimentation and the mistakes become the identity. Yeah. You probably discover what you don't want to do more than what you do along the way. You know, we do something, yeah. oh, no, that's not what we, that's, that's not the <laughs> vibe, and that leads you to what you end up with, yeah. The songs and the record are um, p- part of my language, but they sound fucking huge. sonically they're massive was that always I guess when you're in the studio and and you're coming up or even when you're sitting there separately and sending stuff to each other I guess um again without thinking too much and I know we just discussed that but like was it let's see how big almost we can make these songs let's see how much of a a room or a a world we can fill with just this sound (laughs) So cool. It's so cool you say that because I thought that as well. Like, Jared, what he does is incredible, you know. And a couple of times I've seen how he's working, sending things to certain master buses and compressing things in different channels. But it's like that thing people have a touch, you know, that, and I was talking this today about my kids. They were saying, if I did all these classes in drawing, would I draw like that? And we were talking about, no, it's. People have different gifts, you know, and Jared's gift is he can take different sounds and things and meld them together like it, like a chef does, you know, with all different flavours and make it taste and sound incredible. Well, thanks, bro. No worries, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Sometimes I feel like I don't know how you the beat is knocking like that or the kick is hitting with the – it's – yeah. I probably, probably, without calculating it, tried to make it as – it felt like a grandiose experience or opportunity to work with someone like Luke being a fan first. So I was like, yeah, let's make this – this should fill stadiums. Let's make it massive. You know, I guess that's, that's <laughs> yeah. maybe was in the back of my mind, you know. If you're going to go for it, yeah, you might as well, like, shoot it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was was there ever any um, obviously friendly, but but a bit of competition between the two of you? Because I know you're both producers. Was it like, 
I'll make this sound massive. And then the next one you get back is like, oh, fuck, that sounds even, even bigger <laughs> or even more. Yeah, there was a few little moments, but I think we understand the the goal, you know, and what we're going for. So sometimes you just take a few hours <laughs> and take a few deep breaths and you come back, but... It's like when your wife says something. I remember reading an interview yesterday that Jared did for something, and he said this great line, like, like talking the respect for his wife, and it was about, you know, she'll say something, but most of the time it'll be right, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I relate to that so much because at the time you're like, oh, my God, like I'm pissed right now. How could you say that? I just spent three weeks working on this. But they're always pretty much right because their instinct is so strong and you come back fresh and you approach it and it's and it's better. But we only had a few moments of that, really. There was always a mutual, like, underbelly of trust as well. Underbelly is probably yeah. the wrong word. But, you know, that a foundation of trust where, you know, if Luke was really strong about something and, you know, it's creativity, you you kind of, if you passionately believe in it, you are going to put your case forward. But I think there was a mutual two-way, well, if he really believed it, then I'm just going to trust that. And likewise, you know, I think that yeah. was healthy because I think it allowed us to get rid of egos, you know, as much as we could. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And then the wives yeah. actually told us what was good or not when, when we went <laughs> home, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the track list was decided by the wives. Yes. <laughs> um, Due to, as, as we, at the start of the convo, we mentioned like that you guys were ahead of the curve in terms of remote recording, Zoom, everything else. And then in the last 18 months, we have all found ourselves kind of still at home or like still not out in public to a hundred, uh, like a hundred percent. Has the writing between you two continued and there's more material now to possibly look at? Obviously we won't discuss any future H3000 albums as we've only got the first one today. But, yeah, I'm just wondering whether there's more material that's been building in, in the background. Little ideas, but I think we've spent so much time, like, trying to get, the you know, the videos and the rollout and everything else. It just... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It seems to take forever these days, you know. You need to have, you know, everything from, you know, TikTok to <laughs> Instagram to, I don't know. There's got to be a funnier way of saying it, but I think you know what I mean. 
it's like, yeah. You, yeah, you, you spend pretty, you spend pretty much like ninety five percent of the time designing content, you know, <laughs> when you should really be making the next record. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I think it's a there's a point where you want to actually give everything you've got to the current body of work that you're promoting. So you dive into that, and yeah, you know, there is almost feels like it's chapters or seasons of creativity. But yeah, with there's little ideas floating around that I'm. Sure, we'll dive in and get a flow going on for another couple of months and make another record. <laughs> yeah. A couple of weeks maybe this time it'll be even faster. Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I do want to touch on the videos and the rollout in a second, but I'm curious because with the, the, the videos that you guys have released so far are fantastic. Do you ever have labels or um, management or whoever it is kind of approach you with ideas for the visual aspect of it, as you said, I know that a lot of artists are being pushed to, or being suggested, sorry, to, you know, get on TikTok and other, um, are there any times where you guys are approached by these people and some of the ideas are just terrible? Are you allowed to say, are you allowed to respond to that? I don't know. <laughs> I think now people, people seem so more transparent, like even talking to the label now, they just, it just feels like we're not kids anymore and it's this is great or this isn't great, you know. Yeah. I yeah. find that with management and everyone that represents us, you know, now it's just there's no crap going on. It's either good or it's not. And, um, you know, everyone was pretty, you know, pretty willing on this one and we just, you know, I, again, there was, there was a lot of strong favour on the artists, you know, we we had Ben Arthur in, I think he's in the South Wales and UK designed the Alwyn art, which built such a strong flavour to what we're thinking. And then Collider coming in, who are just genius designers. And I think part of the challenge is having God's favour. It doesn't always happen and you end up spending, you know, tonnes of money on something that maybe wasn't wasn't right, you know. Yeah. So. This project was, I think we've talked a lot about it, but it was a, quite a supernatural process with everything from the music to the artists to the videos, and I think that's why it's such a success in our eyes. Yeah. This one, 100%, sorry, and let me just clarify. I did mean previously if there was any that um, maybe not terrible but maybe just missed the mark of what you were wanting for the project. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, plenty. Loads, yeah. loads. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, as you mentioned, Collider have worked on the, the visual aspects for this project and the videos um, are incredible. They're, they're done, I think it's the same company that, that do Fortnite, is that correct? Yeah, Unreal Engine, yeah. Yeah, they're these um, extremely expansive and... Um, well, ultra, ultra realistic kind of worlds that I believe is uh, dubbed Planet 3000. Yeah. Are you guys, first off, first off the bat, are you guys big gamers yourself? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, the last game I played I think was Mortal Kombat in about 1995 or something at a, <laughs> at a um, street corner or something. In a, in a milk bar. I, I, yeah, I avoid them because I reckon if I started, that'd be it. I'd be so lost in it that that'd be the end of everything for me. 
I'd get too into it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm one of those addictive kind of personalities and I'm very aware that it would be pretty crazy. So this was a bit of a, a, a taste into that world, I guess. The the visual aspect of what um, Collider have done is incredible because it kind of does match um, that, that huge soundscape we were talking about before. They pair together so nicely. Mm. Uh, I think is there a plan to bring like a playable version of Planet 3000 to the masses or um, to, to the public? Yeah, we are in discussion about it. I've been for a bit. Hopefully that will be amazing. I think for people to be able to go beyond just watching, I think that is definitely a passion of ours, for people to be able to feel like they're part of it, you know, let them let them in behind the curtain, let them feel like they can walk around the world. And so many opportunities in this kind of a, of a um, space that we're playing in, for sure, I think that would be amazing. Yeah. It, um, sorry. Yeah, completely. It's just it's just missing that one element. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that Marvel budget of $10 million. Apparently <laughs> they, they that. <laughs> I think if you put that and then, it, and then it comes to life, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think the idea is enough these days, you know, unless you've got, you know. Sorry, that's just me going on a, on a bit of rant, but, yeah. that's all right well i was just gonna lead from that to i guess a live show where these days more and more bands are having more immersive live shows and not necessarily spectacles but like different ideas for the um the live production could we see some form of planet 3000 uh when you guys do take this project out onto the road yeah, we've actually already designed the stage in 3D, so we're just waiting to see what happens with the the world, you know. Um, yeah. But absolutely but, want it to be an experience, that's for sure, something that you feel like you're stepping out of reality for, the, for that moment of time. That's the goal, for sure. Yeah, it'd be so great to do these songs live and... Yeah, so Sonics. And you painted such a good picture before, Simon, when you're talking about the size of the tracks and that. It's, yeah. That's the thing. These songs, I, um, well, I don't think either of you and uh, are kind of the kind of, I don't think we'll be seeing H3000 at like Oxford Arc Factory or anything like that. These songs are built for the outside. Um, I think, Jared, you mentioned before, like for arenas, for stadiums, these songs are yeah. huge. So I imagine that there is like a, um, uh, equally huge uh, spectacle of a live aspect to it as well that goes with it. Yeah, Luke doesn't do anything by halves when he goes live. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can we expect a? Because um, the songs, uh, there's a lot of uh, what's the word? Sonically, it's a lot of electronic music. There's, um, I imagine that there's lots of pedals, lots of kind of gear that you guys are using. Do you think it's going to be something where it's just you two on stage or possibly a few other band members to, to make that yeah. sound even most, bigger? Most definitely just me and Jared, you know. Yeah. I think that was real clear from the start and yeah. with the blueprint and, and, you know, being able to tour more places, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. 
I think that's the biggest downfall when I was touring with Empire. It was just we'd get offered all kinds of shows all around the world. Like, do you want to play um, in Egypt or you want to play here? And it's, it's just becomes impossible because you have too much baggage, you know, and I think that's what was so cool about the music. It's, it's concise. It's me and Rogers. And keep it, keep it like that. Yeah, for sure. It'd be fun to have like a, a massive stage and just these tiny two dots on there. That's kind of always fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's difficult to, and just a word you just mentioned before, Luke, which I'm kind of curious on in how much the planning of the rollout and everything else and. As we discussed, you're not thinking about anything other than the music when you're creating it. But these days in 2021, like touring has to be sustainable and you've got like a footprint that you're leaving as a artist or band or company or whatever you want to look at the the product as, if you will. But like how much of the thought of that, um, sorry, how much thought do you guys put into that when you're thinking of the rollout and, and trying to make it as I guess, eco-friendly or if that's what you want to call it, but how much thought do you put into that? Well, everything because it's, it's your, it's the blueprint of your destiny. So you have to, you know, be involved in everything really. Yeah. 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 I think the, um, the, the nimbleness allows us to leave less of a footprint just in by nature of it, I think, which is good. We have to care for this planet more. Agreed. I think that's um that's very important, very very mm. true. Mm. Um, gentlemen, for for both of you, we would usually speak to our guests about uh, what they are currently listening to in terms of um what's currently on their stereo. Do either of you have a favorite record or favorite track um at the moment? Oh, such a difficult question. <laughs> Mine is the Kanye Jesus is King record. Like I just think that was such a bold record. And I listened to it, it came out, but it didn't really hit me at that time, you know. It was obviously really cool, but right now I just think it was just such a dangerous and kind of powerful record for the time. <laughs> dangerous is a good word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think the New Killers record is like probably the best record. It's um, I just feel some of the things that Brand Flowers is like singing about. It's definitely a um, uh, not like a step back. I don't think that's the right term, but maybe like usually I think pe- people think of the Killers as like you know stadium indie rock, whereas they've kind of dialed it down a little bit, and it's a little bit more introspective on this record. Yeah, I just thought some of the things he was singing about and the themes, and it's pretty bare, you know. There's, there's some things that he says that are pretty – it's like he's getting closer and closer, and I was, he was talking a lot about his love for Springsteen, and it's sort of – I don't know. I like how him and the band, they're always pushing, you know, for something something new, you know. They feel fresh. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jared, what about yourself? Oh, I'm flicking through my – I have a playlist <laughs> where I save everything that I think is interesting. It's probably that's why I can't do it because I find so many things interesting. I think <laughs> there is one voice 
at the moment where I just shake my head and that's Yeba. But whether she's like the favourite thing of that I've got going on at the moment, it's probably not. But there's, I, I think for me, because of, you know, production is, is the space that I'm, that I sit in, in this kind of world, it's, it's little bits of lots of different things, but a voice is what always stops me on tracks. And she just has this voice, man. It was like, what the heck is going on there? You know, that's that intrigue of same with Luke. Okay. It's the thing with Luke. You can't, you, you can't go and make that. You can't buy that. You can't, you know, you can't put that into a plug-in and come up with it. That's a God-given thing. That's, you know, <laughs> I think that's probably what draws me in. But it, it, that can go from, you know, lots of different things. You know, the Donda, I've had that on, okay, you know, over the last couple of days, just trying to figure out what the heck he's doing this time. But I think, <laughs> you know, not to make it all about Kanye, but I was intrigued about that whole rollout. I mean, what the heck it was just... There you go. That's when you got billions of dollars, you can create that kind of a hype. Wow. Gee. Oh <laughs> Stadiums just to refine the record. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yeah, so what you're saying is that we won't see a house burning in a stadium for the next H3000 record. Is that it? Or? Well, we had that as the blueprint, but he took the idea. So yeah, yeah. We have to, we're just rethinking it. We're rethinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you guys are listening to new music, just on, on what you both kind of said, do you, you're both producers, you're both songwriters, you're both artists and musicians. Do you kind of find that when you're listening to new music or just listening to music that you're, um, I guess some things, oh, some are from a, some make the favorites list from like a songwriting perspective, but there's some might be from like a production choice or a, mm. a producer choice. Do you kind of separate it or have it separated in that way? Or is it just like, if it's a good track, it's a good track. Definitely separates for me. It sometimes it's just a great song and the song, yeah. but sometimes I, I have got a favorites list where it's, it's literally like the way they process the kick drum or you know, the way that one synth is and I'll save it and make a note of that's, that's the thing I like about that. It's funny though. I, I shouldn't say I make a mental note and music is funny like that for me. It yeah. was, it was, I was going, it's just completely off topic, but going back and having to look at a list of really old songs and these talking songs from like 20 years ago that never saw the light of day that were just written in one day and never thought of again, but you can still remember the song and you can still remember the, it just leaves this like burnt tattoo on your memory and your brain. And the same with like a favorites playlist, you'll know why you save that song because it's in immediately sticks. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I find it interesting. Maybe it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> no, I hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> Luke, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I think the same thing. It's for me, it's, I think as I get older, the song I notice just is is the boss, you know, the king, mm. <laughs> and it just always comes to the forefront. Like in art school, I'd listen to a lot of Vanesh and, you know, Venetian snares and kind of strange stuff that, you know, was maybe like glitch electronic music. And then but as you get older, you realise, well, I want to hear the voice, the singer, mm. the song. You know what's it about, and and yeah, you, 
I think you get more cheesy as you get older, you know, you kind of want want it all. I can definitely, definitely understand that and respect that. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate you coming on the podcast and congratulations again on the album H3000. It is fantastic. Uh, respect. Thank man. you very much, Ben. Thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah thank you. We man. appreciate it. That's our show. A massive thank you to Luke Steele and Jared Rogers for their time. H3000, the self-titled record, is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Miriam at EMI Music for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlist streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers.